0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of Nutanix Weekly. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I've got uh, Harvey and Gyro with me. Uh, guys, how's it going? Together again. Yep, pretty good. Jairo, you got that house wired yet?
1: Working <laughs> on it. Um, update on the power line networking. It uh, over promises and under delivers. So tonight's projects are switching to uh, Ethernet over coax networking.
0: Man, that's nerdy. Oh like- yeah. <laughs>
1: no one in the audience is surprised
2: <laughs> literally the the conversation that we had just before this just before you got on it was literally just that
0: <laughs> I can tell you I've always wanted to try both of those but I've always been like eh I ain't worth my time I'll just I'll Wi-Fi <laughs> Yeah,
1: well, I'll, I'll report back I guess
0: <laughs> I mean if you think about it though um Back in the day, like you know, six months ago, when I used to get my internet access through my cable company, it was coming over coax. So mm-hmm. why not? Yeah.
1: Yep. And apparently, from what I can tell, the kind of Achilles' heel for a lot of power line networking is it works great when you have single phase power, but like when you have like three phase power, like in the U.S., a third of your outlets you have, you have three silos in your house, right? So you, crossing those is very problematic.
0: Yeah. Well, that's not how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> probably probably not worthy of uh, setting up a Nutanix cluster over, or maybe it is. I don't know. I, I I if you do that, that really would be nerdy, right? You put a node in different rooms and do it over coax. I mean,
1: if I had one, I I would. Uh, those cost a bit more than you know, hundred bucks.
0: Yeah. Well, how much do those cost each? The coax adapter. Yeah, these
1: were like one forty for a pair. So.
0: For a pair. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Okay. So if it, if I was in a house I was going to live in for a long time, and it was like, you know, it's it's this versus like get out the drill
0: and and fish tape.
1: It, yeah, it'd be these all day long. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, Harvey, right? When you're living in five thousand square foot houses, you have these problems. That's a joke. <laughs> Wait,
2: who's doing that? <laughs> I don't know who's doing that. It
0: ain't me. <laughs> My wife and I we watch this uh, show right now called Selling New York, and this from ten years ago or more. And these, uh, you know, 3,000 square foot apartments are $30,000 a month places. and like, holy cow. My wife said, who could afford that? I was like, there's people out there.
2: All right. And I'm wow. more like, wow, a 3,000 square foot apartment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> One of them had a pool. They had a pool in it. In the
2: we... Wow. All right.
1: <laughs> We've been watching, we are watching all the Spider-Man movies. And uh, some of the older ones, right? Like the Osborns have like a penthouse. But like we say penthouse, but like. You know, it's just a house sitting on top of a skyscraper, right? Like it's got like a backyard and
0: stuff. And it's like multiple stories.
2: Wow. That's crazy.
0: The wild. All right. Well, let me uh share my screen here. We chose to do a blog today entitled First Foundation First Foundation Bank Case Study by Sean O'Dowell from uh December of way back in 2021. <laughs> um Jira, what uh what, what, what led you and Harvey to pick this one?
1: I like this one because it, um, <clears throat> it's sort of, it underlines, it resonates other, other buzzwords here. It speaks right to like what we, what you and I both spend time telling our customers about around what are the benefits of adopting Nutanix and what does it do for your life, your day to day? Like, what's the experience like of, we used to do this and we got Nutanix and now we do that and how different those are, how, how good life can get how easy it can get uh with that transition
0: well I, i'm glad you pointed this one out i mean I, yeah i want to go through it I also just thought of like four banks i need to reach out to and show them this case study <laughs> where we're having this exact same conversation but you know they don't know because they're they're not um they haven't done it yet right you don't know until you do it and then all of a sudden but if you have somebody else who's done it and can testify to it that's a great way to start
1: turns out the entire world is not a nutanix customer yet so. Job's not done yet. It's
0: also not flat. Did you know that? Oh yeah, turns out it's kind of oblong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so all right, so Harvey, I'll I'll ask you to do it then. Um, help the 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 intro here. Tell us about this bank. What what was their what was their business? What did it look like? Well, so
2: this one is about First Foundation Bank, which you've talked about. Um, They they apparently are a pretty nice-sized bank. Uh, They have in here $7.7 billion in assets, uh, support customers and employees at 23 locations, personal banking, business banking, private wealth management, trust and trust services. So they've got a lot going on. Um, And... They wanted to look at Nutanix to uh, help them build out their infrastructure uh, and move away from using a traditional SAN environment for virtual desktops. So that's kind of where they started.
0: <laughs> and and so yeah, I mean you, you, know, you know like I when I hear somebody talking about trying to implement desktop virtualization on a SAN today, I mean it just it just feels wrong. Um, but that's how we did it, it, it seems like seems like a thousand years ago.
1: I, I remember, yeah, several several gigs where it was like, um, you know, we want to do this, come in and scope it out for us. And it's like, well, you're gonna need, you know, you gotta add this shelf of disks and this size and capacity and you only put desktops on them and they'll be full of SSDs and it'll be crazy fast, it'll be maybe under underutilized on capacity, but, you know, we'll throw throw hardware at the problem, right?
2: Yeah. Pretty much. Um, you know, con- continuing down that aspect as well is, you know, the the theme of throw hardware at the problem is everything before was absolutely over-provision, 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 and hope you never make it to what you provisioned.
0: <laughs> well, and, they, and just like you guys were just saying, they buy all this big stuff. They take days, if not weeks, to get it all set up, and then they probably never get it all used before it's into life and you need to replace it.
2: Right. And, and and what's weird. And it's like, the more I talk about that and the more I talk about it with customers, it's like the weirdest part to me is that was always the goal was always to buy more than you would ever use with that just doesn't sound right to me at all. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, this just occurred to me. You mentioned Harvey, twenty-three locations, right? So back in twenty ten, that was that was like it's still a lot, but it's almost like the pain points from back then are even more amplified today. Now your employees are in two hundred and thirty locations, right? Right. And each one, each one by themselves, probably. Right. Um, so that need for for um, meeting them where they are and giving them a better end user experience is actually even stronger today than it was back then.
0: They even have somebody that's trying to run their networks over coax in their house. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. Well played. Oh,
0: uh, Jairo, I trust that you are doing network testing and making sure that it's really not, you know, got interference. And I'll, I mean, that I'll, was
1: when but, I noticed that my gateway was 17 milliseconds away. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right. So, you know, off, off to do my investigation. I go.
0: Yes, I, right. um, I did an implementation for a small consulting firm, man, 20 years ago now, almost 15 years ago now. I didn't work there long, and one of their customers um, was a uh, architectural firm, and we were having all kinds of issues, and I just could not figure it out. And then one day, I did a test on the uh, connectivity back to the patch panel, and it was horrible. I mean, it, it was all kinds of interference; it, the, the packets couldn't hardly make it. Uh, a lot of lot of drop packets. And I said, "Man, who who did this? Who 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 put this? Who wired this place?" And the guy, Billy Bob, we will just call him Billy Bob. He just looks at me and said, I did it. And I'm like, oh my God. Now I know the problem.
2: <laughs> Gotta it love cool. it. Well, at least we know is actually doing network testing because he's on the podcast with us right now. If we if he <laughs> drops out, we we know what happened.
0: Do you have one of those little testers to plug in at both ends? I sure do. I at my last house,
1: which had which was pre-built with Ethernet wiring the walls, I re terminated more than a few of the the plates in the rooms
0: yeah those little connectors are hard to put on correctly i mean once you know how to do it you know how to do it but yep i, I screwed up more than a few when i did it <laughs> oh for sure
1: that was my a summer job in college yeah, i was helping rewire one of our buildings buildings on campus and uh i learned a lot
0: your little fingers were all
2: raw and bloody oh yeah that that just reminds me of crimping network cables and i'm all done next topic <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's why we're all much more focused today on on virtual networking and overlays. <laughs> things oh I can do gosh. with my keyboard.
0: Ooh. Yeah. all right. so the the uh, the last section, which is really the payoff here, talks about you know fast forward to today. they 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 bit the bullet. they they led with technology that I wouldn't call it bleeding edge. I wouldn't call it cutting edge, but it wasn't mainstream. Now it's mainstream, and the promised benefits showed up early showed up often or are still there today so let's just kind of talk through so uh, harvey let's take uh maybe the first one what's the what's the first one saying
2: well let, let me let me highlight a couple lines back um, toward the end of that first paragraph shortly after Nutanix was installed the IT organization experienced a dramatic 40 percent reduction in infrastructure management time I, I don't know if we've ever talked about how the management time gets
0: reduced. Oh, you just always <laughs> talk about, so you, for your sanity or you can sleep or something. That's I mean. right.
2: For your sanity. Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: you can sleep, what? 40% longer from what I hear.
2: <laughs> you know, you, you get to decide what you do at those hours.
1: <laughs> no, that's, that's wild. Right. I mean, imagine that's like, it's almost like a 50% headcount increase, yes. right? Yeah. Just, that's wild.
2: I mean, I I can't say that I'd be upset with forty percent more sleep, though. That that actually sounds pretty attractive right now.
1: Oh, Harvey's got young kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, <Tough> to do. <laughs> Harvey's got young kids and then demanding boss. <laughs> <laughs> same same attention
1: span from both.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dira, I found out the other day Harvey's only uh, forty. Right, Harvey forty years old. Yes. Yeah, I, I I didn't know what he was. I was like, man, I get to ride you for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he all of a sudden became part of my retirement plan instantly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and meanwhile, right. Harvey will start campaigning for uh, uh mental health benefits at Zintegra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> All right, so uh, now do we want to jump in? I what's uh, I spend less time uh, looking at our infrastructure. Yeah, I'm just envisioning some guy just standing there looking at the rack all the time. That's not what he's talking about, is it?
2: So no, Um, although that that there could be an argument for that too, since you now get visibility into that from within the console. Um, No, no more red light, green light. Let me go see what's blinking or flashing. Um, You can actually see that from the management console. Um, but overall, I imagine what he's talking about more so at this point is that, you know, not only the fact that everything is, you know, up and working and at his fingertips, but, you know, there, there's just so much less uh, that you have to deal with and do because, you know, where before you had a sand that you managed separately from your compute resources, Everything's all together here. Um, You know, same for all your virtual networking and, you know, firewalling and things like that that you want to put in place. All of that stuff is in one spot. And so because it's working well and because you have to spend so much less time actually managing those things individually, you just, you have more time to do all of the other things that your users and your your business leaders expect you to be able to, to do and accomplish.
0: So more time for the IT guy to go do other IT guy things. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I said all the time, like, what is the value of getting to that project backlog list, right? You know, because everybody's got one. It's always kind of embarrassingly long, um, <laughs> you know, but getting to it, you know, it feel, feels so much better, better for the business, right? Get, getting stuff knocked out.
0: Well, and then that talks to the next two items, really, which is enabling the business to go, do more things that the business is supposed to be doing, like extending their territories and coming up with new uh, strategic growth initiatives supported by, or maybe even led by, or both, you know, technology.
2: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, same conversation. You you want the technology to become invisible to the business and it's not something that stands in their way. It's something that enables them. And so being able to take what you have and being able to expand that out to more locations, being able to be fast enough to get the infrastructure up and running for when the business needs it, it stops them from being handicapped by technology.
0: And, and at the end of the day, that's what uh, the IT department is supposed to do.
2: That, that is absolutely the entire purpose of the yeah, IT got department.
1: To, yeah, I've got to think that branch expansion, you know, capturing more territory, I mean, it looks a lot like probably M and A activity, right? Like it's all about synergy, doing more with less, speed of speed of deployment, speed of of spread. All
0: right. Yeah. Has anybody told all the IT guys that it's not just about IT? It's actually about the business. <laughs>
1: yeah. Which it, is it's such a it's an empowering feeling, right? To get to be in a place where when the business brings you a problem to solve, you can say yes and get it solved, right? Versus having to hem and haw about you know, but this and but that and but the other. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Well, and, and I will, I mean, I haven't said this in forever, but my my slogan as Integra, with our solutions that we represent, Citrix, VMware, Nutanix, iGel, is to be able to tell a customer that no matter what meeting you're in next, your answer to the business asking you to be able to go with them or lead them or both is yes. Yeah. Yes. That's fantastic. I came up with that myself. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Actually, I saw it. Oh, All right, I'll tell you a story. Ready? ready <laughs> so Citrix at one of their uh conferences way back when their uh their slogan and this didn't last long and I loved it actually was yes, we enable you to say yes, that's what we do. Yes, yep. And uh, I was I was excited by that one on the way home I had to fly through Dallas. All right, this is a funny story. You ready? So I had to fly through Dallas, and there was a billboard of Citrix, and it said something like enabling you to say yes. That was the billboard. It was actually when the billboard it was on the side of the wall in Dallas on the way home from that conference and I was so excited to see it and I'm standing there looking and looking and staring at it and all of a sudden this guy's like hey what are you looking at I'm like I'm looking at and I look down his wife's sitting there breastfeeding (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea she was sitting on the floor breastfeeding in front of the citric sign that said we enable you to say yes or whatever the slogan was and I'm just standing, I mean, I literally for 30 seconds, I'm just standing there, you know, just, just staring. I, I'm staring at the sun. And then he says, something. I look down at his wife's breastfeeding. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Sorry, man.
1: Yeah. He said, no,
0: <laughs> said, not here, buddy. Don't say yes here.
2: That's hilarious. I'll never forget. that.
0: <laughs> so uh, the last call out here is about cost savings, which we've talked about a few times. You don't have to overbuy. You can get away with underbuying. You can do what's right and underbuy. You buy just a little more, something you can grow into. Uh, Harvey, I think you might have been involved in one of the last three-tier rollouts that we didn't sell. Uh, Another company sold, uh, EMC. Um, And it just so happens we found out later that the EMC rep and the CTO were next-door neighbors. So it was going to happen no matter what. We couldn't stop it. Uh, And by the time they rolled out the half of the desktops they planned to roll out, the stuff was old and ready to be replaced. It just doesn't make sense to three-tier architect things, and Nutanix proves that over and over again.
2: Yeah, just it. I I hate to harp on it again, but it it doesn't make sense to just box yourself in. You you have to give yourself the flexibility. Yeah. And when you are working on a technology that ultimately, you know, in the next five years, five, six years, whatever. Uh, will go end of life and you can no longer use it. And the only way that you can then replace that is with something brand new of the same sort, same type, but then, you know, having to do a a big uh, lift and shift, you know, it's kind of set up from one place to the other. That just, that isn't the way anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that, what, what we've we've said forever at Nutanix, but now it's we have customers that have been running it long enough that it's it's a reality to them. Right, right. That that easiest refresh you've ever done to add nodes, expand a cluster, eject the older nodes, and that's it. There's no step three. Um, you know, when it comes down to software is ageless, right? Hardware is very much time gated, um, and and Nutanix is an easy way to square that circle, right? Make that work together so that. You know, you just seamlessly change those tires while you drive down the highway to move from these four old nodes to these four or three new nodes or whatever it is for your your business. Um, dramatic simplicity.
2: Yeah, Great.
0: So uh, this actual line here, it, it does talk about what we were just talking about there, but it also... It also calls out the thing that I think is probably the smartest thing Nutanix did in all this because it was game-changing in the perception of how you adopt that cost-effective model. And that is to come up with your own hypervisor to run on top of this workload or run as part of this solution. To be clear, you can very much run VMware and that's where Nutanix and their storage hyperconverged came from, mm-hmm. uh, VMware vSphere, uh, ESX. Uh, but when you also factor in that in many cases, certainly for desktop workloads, you don't need the hypervisor cost. It just made that cost savings concept versus three tier even more compelling.
1: Yeah, right. More more saying yes. When you don't have a requirement for something more complex, complicated, let's go with something simpler, right? Natively managed, um, flat out less levers, knobs, buttons across the board. Yeah.
0: And Jara, I think I did this to you last week on the on the last one we did. That I mean, what workloads do you think don't belong on hyper-converged Nutanix these days? And then I'll ask the same question around the, the Nutanix hypervisor.
1: Oh, on Nutanix uh, for storage and then on Nutanix for hypervisor?
0: Yeah, two-pronged two two-prong question, right? You have AOS, the storage operating system, hyper-converged mm-hmm. in nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have the, the Nutanix hypervisor. Are, are you guys running a situation where one works but the, the second one is not supported uh go, or is go, it in uh, most cases both
1: uh i can't think of anything mm, off the top of my head that would be like not supported from the storage layer but would work on the compute layer right like apps that would be that specific are pretty few and far between plenty of apps right they definitely of course would just say you know all we've tested on is vSphere right and that's yeah. you know uh, I can't fault them for that, right? That, of course, market share. I understand that from a software publisher perspective, but in in general, most of them just care about the OS they run on and that's it. Um, but yeah, so nothing, from a, nothing in the category of like uh, certified for vSphere, but not certified for Nutanix storage. I can't think of anything in that category. Uh, some things that simply just don't do enough qualification, right? To test hypervisors or no, do they care? And honestly, what app does, it's always about app to OS and then OS to hypervisor is really the the comparison there, but it's, you know, sometimes customers don't fully understand that or, or um, they want a full stack sign off of uh, interoperability. We're also getting better with that. I mean, we run every, every month I turn around and we've qualified a new uh, jointly qualified, a new like Cisco virtual appliance. Those have been uh, kind of some longstanding asks from the field. Of course, yeah. the the headline right last year from, uh, from OpenShift as well. So, so really those dominoes are falling. Yeah. And then from a hypervisor standpoint, <clears throat> At this point, um, if I was like, you know, meeting with a new customer, talking through workloads, the only things I would say are a bad fit for AHV are things that are a bad fit for virtualization in general, right? So real-time computing, you know, which gets into like your auto-manufacturing style uh, OSs, and then... um, things with a high degree of dependence on like Linux random number generation, which if you've looked into that at all, like it just flat out almost never works on virtualization on any platform. Um, random random number generators. Uh, I don't know why I should do some more reading on this. Just don't flat out work well in VMs, but, uh, but so those often need to go on to bare metal, but that's it. So things that things that I find don't work well on AHV just don't work well in virtualization in, in, in general. Right. And there are, uh, or increasingly small number of workloads every year that still might need to be a good candidate for bare metal.
0: Yeah. I think the one you mentioned there at the end, the idea that you have a virtual appliance that um, either isn't supported or doesn't have the drivers built into it for um, AHV, uh, which AHV is based off of... Uh, Ubuntu or which, which, type, which, yeah, so we, yeah, so a lot of our stuff runs CentOS, um,
1: Centos. and then, uh, the virtualization management layer is, uh, derived from KVM,
0: yeah. Oh, KVM, I'm sorry, I don't know why I didn't get I know why that. No, sure. all good. Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining and, and going through this. This is, you know, just more of the same customers. Realizing that that workload that the cloud's built on or that uh, the the infrastructure the virtual infrastructure that the cloud is built on that software defined computing layer um, if it's done in such a way like Nutanix has made it uh, commoditized, all the same benefits come to you
1: yeah that that ability to get cloud like inside the firewall and outside the firewall you know very powerful
0: yes. Harvey, anything uh, you want to leave us with? Uh, go out
2: to the test drive site, take a look at what Nutanix has out there for you. <laughs> and uh, February 18th is the next Zintegra Nutanix hosted uh, boot camp workshop. So
0: get out there to zintegra.com and sign up. Great. Jira, your uh, new rental house close to a Chick-fil-A?
1: It is. It's also a -A. Um, (laughs) uh, Chick-fil-A. It's uh, a Chick-fil-A as a service. Like when your kids and wife are like, well, Chick-fil-A for lunch. You're like, okay, just bring me back something.
0: Yeah, that's even better. I I, uh, had a great Chick-fil-A moment one time. I was in New York, Manhattan, the day that the uh, Chick-fil-A on like 6th Avenue opened. People were stomping all over each other to get to the door. It was quite the... (laughs) Quite the moment to see Chick fil A in New York and how many people were excited about it. Mm, wild. Yes, you know, it's, it's just as
2: crazy here. It's just they're a lot more orderly.
0: <laughs> it slowed down a little bit there, but it's still amazing. And the lines out the door every day at lunchtime.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, gentlemen, thanks for jumping on and uh, covering a Nutanix Weekly with me. Thank you. No, oh, thank you. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll do it again next week. See you. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be on vacation. We'll do it in two weeks. See you in two weeks. <laughs>
2: see All right. Have fun on vacation.
0: I'm going to try. See you.